Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, be babes. Just letting you know that we went down to Railton to Seven Sheds to check out all the cool stuff that Willie's doing. This episode was shot outside, so there's a little bit of wind in the background, but that's the fun of shooting on location. Enjoy this episode. Hey, Beer Babes. Welcome back to Beer Babies, the podcast journey where we try to find the best beer money can buy. Today, I've come all the way down to Railton, um, and I'm here with Willie from Seven Sheds. Um, Thank you so much for having us down. Um, I thought a good way to get started would be to sort of figure out a bit of the backstory. So what is the origin of Seven Sheds? The origin. Well, I guess like everything, it starts with an idea. Mm-hmm. So, um, the idea was to start a craft brewery in our backyard. I mean, mm-hmm. we lived here, um, and uh, then you have to have money to make that happen. Yep. So we had a limited budget. Um, we went to our local council, Kentish Council, and told them what we wanted to do, and they were happy for us to open. You know, a craft brewery in a residential area. Yeah. I mean, by the way, we've got 11, 12 neighbours here. Mm -hmm. So that's always been um, on our mind. Yeah. Um, uh, And then, of course, I think I really should say is that my partner, Catherine, was 100% behind it. Mm -hmm. So then we had this opportunity to Mm -hmm. start the brewery. Um, So that was 13 years ago. Okay, yes. Our 13th birthday is next month, April. Yes. Um, so you can imagine when we started, there were only two or three craft breweries in Tasmania. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting to hear that because it, it, it's quite trendy now to yes. have a craft brewery, but yes. I suppose that you got, like you just said, you guys were one of it first. Yeah. Um, and I guess, there were, I think there were about 80 Australia-wide at that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, why, I suppose, is the next question. Mm. Um, and, and, I, and I think the, the, the first answer to that is because we could. Yep. Okay, we had the money, my partner was behind it, the council let us do it, mm-hmm. and then we had to put it together. Um, mm-hmm. And the brewing, brewing equipment is mainly pre-loved dairy equipment, Okay. so we were able to buy that on a budget, mm-hmm. um, and that means that our our brewing process, we use, quite, we use open fermenters, mm-hmm. um, and they're quite shallow open fermenters, Okay. and I think that's automatically quite different to every other, well not every other, but the... 95% other breweries that basically use cylindrical conical tanks yeah. okay, yeah. often often made in China mm-hmm. or North America mm-hmm. um, this is all very recent technology, you know, stainless steel has actually only been around for about 120 years mm. 
beer's been around for 5,000 years. Yeah, ages. And, and the way we make it is the way that beer was made 150 mm. years ago. It's, so it's time cons- it's, it's open fermenting. Mm-hmm. It's time consuming uh, in that we don't have an automatic bottling machine, so we can't okay. bottle carbonated beer. So mm. all our beer is conditioned or fermented, if you like, in the bottle or keg. Okay. So that's a minimum two two week process, mm-hmm. um, which we knew, you know, so that that, that takes time. Uh, we don't filter the beers. We don't do anything. We don't remove anything from the actual beers. So I guess we always knew we were going to make full flavored beers that we wanted to drink. Mm-hmm. Um, now a couple of other things happened along the way. Was while I was trying to put this brewery together in the shed. And by the way, the shed was already here when, <laughs> yeah. we, when we bought the property in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, we also applied for a, a regional, a federal government regional tourism grant to mm-hmm. help us build the cellar door. Yep. And the idea was um, there was a minimum of grant of 50000 but you had to f- have 50000 to to match it. Yep. So we applied for that, uh, and that was in the, the latter days of the John Howard government, 2007 and that allowed us we were successful so that allowed us to build a cellar door mm-hmm. um, so we had a shop front mm-hmm. you know we had a direct sales there so the pressure was on me to finish putting the brewery together yeah I guess the, the only thing I think you haven't answered is like what, why beer in particular are, okay. are you passionate yeah, about yeah okay beer? so that was a bit I didn't okay so <laughs> well yes uh, but I, I think you hear those words so often I'm yeah. passionate about beer that they are meaningless yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't quite know what it means mm-hmm. so uh, you know it's more than that but for me I mean I'd worked as a, a freelance journalist mm-hmm. I had specialised in writing about beer for 25 years okay wow and many people would say I was I was way ahead of my time because I was doing that from the late 80s mm. till two, 2012 yeah you beat um, the hipsters to it indeed <laughs> indeed and I guess one of the the motivations for opening this brewery was although you know, I was being sent and sampling and criticising, criti- critiquing all these so-called craft beers that were mm. coming out of, let's be honest, most of them were people like James Squire or Matilda Bay that were mm. arms of the, the big brewery. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was just disappointed that the beers didn't quite live up to mm-hmm. the difference. Yeah. Um, and also you've got to appreciate that at this time when we started doing this, mm. I was at an age where... I sort of thought, if I don't do this, I'm going to very, be a very grumpy old yeah. bugger. Yeah. So, you know, it was almost like I had to get it out of my system well, and, or even fail. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't want to be sitting here with someone like you uh, in, in, what are we in, 2021, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. saying, I could have built a craft brewery. Yeah, okay? and I, so I suppose we did it. it's very much a, if you want something done right sort of situation. Like, you've got to back yourself. Uh, look, yeah, sure. That's easy to say in hindsight. Yep. At, at the time, it was a leap into the unknown. Mm, you know, yeah. I had been a home brewer. Um, I had worked in the home brew industry in Sydney. Okay. Um, but you know, I was also we were also very realistic about whether this could work from a regional town. I mean, this is a regional town with a population of fifteen hundred people. Yeah, this is a very northwest Tasmania. <laughs> yeah. um, but my partner Catherine, her background was in regional development and tourism Mm -hmm. so she was able to tap into um, 
the statistics of how many people visit major tourism attractions near here, like Cradle mm-hmm. Mountain, mm-hmm. how many people go through the next town, which is Sheffield, mm-hmm. how many tourists, I should say. So we had a fairly modest business plan that if, if after two or three years we could build up um, the traffic through the cellar door, mm-hmm. then that would provide some sort of cash flow that would allow us to be to turn it into a full-time business. Yeah. Because we were still working day jobs for the mm-hmm. first two or three years. Um, now I've gone off on a tangent. So what were you? What was your? What was your no, main I, thrust I, no, question? I, well, the, the main question was about the beer, and I think you have really answered yeah. it. It's it's like. Yeah. Uh, but, it, don't, but don't get the idea that this was a carefully planned thing. Yeah. I mean, once we got running, it was you know a seat of the pants. Mm. Um, the money was running out. We didn't yeah. we we didn't want to borrow money from a bank. Yeah. We didn't want to get involved in investors. Mm-hmm. So our our modest business plan, um, and by the way, for the first three or four months we were open we only had one beer okay. and that was Kentish Ale yep. so I don't know anyone else who's ever opened a brewery that only has one yeah, beer yeah with one beer but we were quite realistic that, that um, if if there wasn't a market if, if it was a bit too strong flavoured or too much for people then you know we'd just drink it ourselves mm. which was part of the plan anyway <laughs> yep. and we wouldn't have lost money we still had day jobs mm. but very quickly it became apparent that People liked our beer. Mm. Uh, we were running out, so we had to keep brewing it. Yep. And then we introduced other beers into the range. I probably had a naive idea that we were going to have three or four regular beers and mm-hmm. the odd seasonal. If you look at our list now, there's about 11 or 12 beers. Yeah. On it. So there's all different stories behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like I said, don't get the idea that this, that this was all carefully planned. Yeah, well, five, 10, 15-year business plan. Well, it, it sounds like a particularly like hearing like how old you guys are as a, mm. a, a craft brewery, it would, would have been a huge risk. Like, well, like, it wasn't a risk because all we would have done, we still had the real estate. Yeah. Um, we didn't owe anyone to the bank. We didn't mm-hmm. have investors. It was our decision. Okay. Um, I, sw- I, I suppose, I guess maybe I didn't wear it. I think more as like a, 13 years ago, people in Tassie would probably drink Bogues or Cascade, depending on which sure. side of the... Which side of the island you're on? Yeah. Um, so I guess coming at it, like you said, with more flavoursome beer would yeah. have, would have been quite new. But it sounds like you found your market. Yeah. Look, we did, and I guess in that case, you know, we sold a lot in the early stages. We sold a lot of keg beer in Hobart. Okay. And I guess it's that's become super competitive now. Mm. Um, but you know, before what I'd call the the second wave of brewery openings you know mm-hmm. we, we knew that was happening mm-hmm. um there were a handful of outlets in hobart that would take our beer and, mm-hmm. and um so there was an audience for it yeah but you had to go to where the population base was yep. so you know eventually we started doing festivals mm-hmm. and we did large festivals like the taste of tasmania for eight years mm-hmm. we did festivali in launceston for 10 or 11 years um we we took a decision a couple of years ago to step back from those, and there were reasons there. Um, but we were going to keep doing the, you know, smaller festivals. But yep. COVID's come along and yeah, exactly. complicated that. Changes everything. But um, you know, we're, we're lucky in a way that we're small. We can be quite nimble and, mm. and pivot. The great buzzword. Yeah. So, it, and it's not just COVID, by the way, that's come along in, in the 13 years here. We have had two major floods. Oh, wow. Um, we've had bushfire seasons where all mm. the tourists just packed up and went home. Um, so COVID for us, I mean, if it had arrived in the 
second or third year of our business would have been fairly yeah. confronting financially and emotionally. Mm. But I guess because we'd already been through these other things and the global financial crisis, by yep. the way, um, you know, I guess we were more resilient yeah. to little disruptions that mm. might arrive. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess you, like, you've learned to sort of roll with those punches. And like, yeah. and like you said, because of sort of the size of your business, you are able to adapt and yes. pivot and, and make it work, which yeah. is really good. So as we were saying, um, uh, I, I, at the minute I'm, I'm trying um, your, your pail. Yep. Um, and so can you tell us a little bit more about this and maybe a bit more about a couple of your particular views? Yeah, so I guess I'll go back to the, you know, the time when we opened this cellar door um, and we only had one beer, and that was, you know, so the pressure was on, the, the cellar door had been built. What beer are you going to brew first? So mm-hmm. Kentish Ale was always the one that I brewed as a home brewer, mm-hmm. um, and I thought that would be our flagship. So mm-hmm. we brewed this copper amber, uh, fairly flavoursome ale, mm-hmm. um, and that went quite well. But I realised, and the feedback we got from people was it was a little might have been a bit flavoursome for, for okay. some folk. So I always knew there was, you know, you needed a, um, a paler beer that wasn't quite as um, robust or bitter. Mm-hmm. So the Paradise Pale really grew out of that mm-hmm. idea. That, um, and it's based on what used to be called summer ales okay. in England. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of the producers of real ales realised that those beers were a bit, weren't perhaps... Um, what you should be drinking on the hot summer's day. So mm-hmm. they developed summer of ale, which, like Paradise mm-hmm. Pale, is um, about 25% malted wheat okay, and the rest malted barley. Mm-hmm. Um, we've changed the hop regime, but that is now 100% Galaxy. Okay. Um, we liked the we liked the new varieties that were coming mm-hmm. out of Tasmania that, by the way, weren't available when we started up. Yeah. So... Uh, and, and once we started doing big festivals like the Taste of Tasmania, we realised you had to have a beer that looked, you know, mm. wasn't going <laughs> to confront people. Yeah. It, looked, it was a golden was beer that tasted roughly like what they might be drinking. Mm. Um, and certainly that was our hero beer at the Taste of Tasmania. Yeah. Sometimes when we had, you know, five or six beers on tap, mm-hmm. Paradise Pale would, would account for half the volume of all our sales. Okay. So that told us that, you know, mm. events like that which were not necessarily craft beer events, mm-hmm. um, that people were quite happy to drink a beer that was approachable mm. um, and looked like what they might have drunk. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm finding this very nice. Um, mm. The whole reason we started this podcast was because me and my mates would basically only drink pure blondes, which really tasted okay. like nothing. Yep. Um, so we were looking to uh, expand our palate a little bit. Yep. Um, and I still do find sometimes a few of the, the stronger beers are a bit much for me, but um, mm. I've really moved into, um, I, I like my IPAs and stuff like that. And I yep. feel like this, um, so you, uh, it, it's a lot more similar in taste to that. Um, so what, so you, Kentish, your Kentish Ale was your flagship. What is it? So, what is it that particularly makes a beer like a Kentish Ale? Well, that's it's a bit of a play on words. Okay. Because this municipality is called Kentish. Oh, okay. And it's yeah. not. You know, a lot of people assume it's something to do with Kent and England. Yeah, that's what I thought. But it was actually named after a, a rat bag um, surveyor called Nathaniel Kentish. Oh, okay. Um, 
But we, our Kentish Ale is a play on that and Kent because the bittering hop is East Kent Goldings. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but we also use um, our own Cascade that we grow here mm-hmm. and Ella Hops, which is grown down south. Yeah. So I call it a New World mm-hmm. Pale Ale. Um, but a lot of people probably assume that it's English. Yeah. And I have been accused of being an Anglophile oh, brewer. Yeah. And I don't mind, you know, yeah. people... I mean, I'm certainly... Um, you know, my inspirations for beers in the early days were from travelling around England and tasting yeah. real ales. Yeah. Not so much the American mm. craft beer movement. Um, so that's what a Kentish Ale is. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, I, I'm really enjoying this yep. pale. Um, I would highly recommend any of the beer babes out there, to, uh, if they're heading down or up even uh, rail ten way, to uh, yep. stop in. Um, it's been lovely to talk to you, really. Thanks okay. for taking the time. Um, what's your? We better say what's the actual address here. So if anybody's looking for it, um, how do they get here? Well, it's 22, 22 Crocker Street, Railton. Mm-hmm. But if you Google Seven Sheds yep. or even Craft Brewery Northwest Tasmania, it should come up. Yep. Um, um, and and yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So make sure you look these guys up. Um, come down, check it out because um, I've really enjoyed this beer and it's been great having a chat to you. Okay. Thanks, Will. See you next time, guys. Which one? Oh. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that I can't believe I forgot the most important question. Okay. So Willie, um, we ask everybody this. Yes. Um, please answer honestly. Yep. What's your favourite beer? It doesn't have to be one that you make. Okay. I, I do get asked this fairly often, mm-hmm. uh, in the context of what of which of my beers is favourite. But I'm going to throw it back to you because mm-hmm. I think it is a fairly facile question. Mm-hmm. Define favourite. Oh well, God. Now we're talking. Well, I suppose, and that's a really hard thing too, yeah. because we have a, a rating system on our regular episodes of Beer Babies, which is the six-pack test, which is basically if you had six of these, how many could you drink? Um, and so okay. that question, is, so uh, how much you want to drink and how much you can drink are two very different things. Yeah. Um, so the way that I would think of my favourite beer is what's the beer that you want to drink the most of? Which do you enjoy drinking the most? What beer brings you pleasure? Look, it's all of it's all of Seven Sheds beers, and 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 the other thing is, uh, you know, if you open a craft brewery in a regional town, um, funnily enough, ninety five percent of what I drink is my own beer. Yep. Right. I mean, if I go, if we go to festivals and things, I might try other people's beers, but you know, one of the reasons of starting your own brewery surely is that you're going to consume yep. beer. Um, what I drink myself, I don't know whether I could actually quantify that mm-hmm. um it changes mm-hmm. um i mean i mean if you're talking about favored children i mean kentish isle is the favorite mm-hmm. child because yep. it launched this business mm-hmm. uh, if you're talking about my current favorite mm-hmm. it's probably the smoking joseph okay and that's because it was a beer that we that's our newest beer mm-hmm. that we released um in early december and it was a result of uh the last overseas trip that catherine and i had had 18 months ago we went to Poland mm-hmm. we did a collaboration brew with um, a bunch of Polish craft brewers who had visited us visited us here okay um, if you can believe this to look at our hop growing but they'd also been down south to Bushy Park yeah um, and we tasted this one of their beers called called Grodziski mm-hmm. and it, it is an oak smoked wheat beer okay of only three percent roughly three percent alcohol Mm-hmm. And look, I've tasted a few different beers, as you can imagine, in my career, both as a journalist and a brewer and a traveller. And I had never tasted that flavour combination 
in a beer, um, oak smoked wheat. Um, and the other thing is we already have a peat smoked beer in our portfolio. Okay. And I, to make that beer, I peat smoke mm-hmm. the grain. So I knew I could potentially smoke the wheat on in, in over oak shavings, mm-hmm. um, which I did. And then because everyone's been telling us we should put our beer in a can, yep. and because Morrison's Brewery now offer contract brewing and canning facilities, we, yep. we brewed it. I did several pilot brews here, but then mm-hmm. we, we went and brewed it at Morrison's in late November, mm-hmm. put it in cans early December. Um, so now, pretty much at five o'clock when I knock off, it's a pint of smoke and Joseph, <laughs> yep. and then I think about what else I might be in the mood for. Cool. Yep. Well, thank you very much. We'll we'll wrap up again. Um, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.